podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voice of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. And we're also joined by Adam Levertal from The Athletic. Um, firstly, let's go to Adam first. Adam, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on board here. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Feels a lot better when we win, doesn't it? It's uh, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, but no, look, I'm 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 feeling great. Bit of a spring in my step, um, and yeah, it was it was great to be at the Vic under the lights and with a, with a great atmosphere in the start of a new fresh era and winning a winning a match at Vicarage Road. It felt very odd, didn't it? You didn't really know what to do with yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's um, one of those things that we haven't done for a very long time. Our first home win since Manchester United back in November, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Our first actual win in 2022 as well. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. But yeah, that that was brilliant at uh, Vicarage Drive yesterday. The atmosphere, like you say, was absolutely rocking as well. And I think the players embraced that as well. And they felt the fans were on their side um, from the first whistle. The atmosphere was just outstanding. Um, but Mike, how how are you doing, mate, as well? Yeah, very well. Like, like you boys, delighted to finally watch a Watford win. I, I started to forget what it felt like, to be honest, but... Um, it was really good to uh, to see the lads show passion, fight, desire, uh, everything of the above. So, yeah, delighted. Yeah, you can definitely see the stamp that um, Rob Edwards is putting onto his Watford team. You can see the togetherness already. The bond over in Austria has helped massively. And you're seeing the positivity from Rob Edwards going onto the field. And it's just refreshing to see, especially after last season, where it was, it was painful to watch at times and Fans like me and Mike would be like, oh, I can't be bothered to go today because mm. there was nothing really exciting to look forward to. But thankfully, we've got Rob Edwards at the helm now. Uh, things are looking up. Um, but yeah, we'll jump straight into it. So yeah, what were one nil winners over Sheffield United yesterday at Vicarage Road live in front of Sky Sports cameras? Um, we'll start the team news. Um, so the starting eleven was Daniel Batman was in goal. Um, there were. Um, it was Cathcart, Sirielta and Cabaselli the back three uh, the wing backs were Ken Semmer over on the left Hassan Kamara on the right uh, midfield two was KMB and Tom Cleverley um, number 10 role was Joel Pedro and the other two up top was Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar um, Adam I don't think we could I think we probably expected that lineup. maybe we heard rumours about Ken Semmer maybe going over the left hand side and Kamara on the right we've seen it in pre-season but I think maybe the, the question that Watford fans maybe had last night was no Maduka Koi on the bench. It, do you reckon is that to do with the homegrown quota? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. I think um, you know we heard prior to the start of the season um, that Cristiano Giretta has sort of um, clearly focused on that, and that's what they are trying to do in terms of their their squad recruitment at the moment. Um, and unfortunately, the the situation with with Maduka Okoy has manifested itself that it, it, he just simply can't he can't be on the bench if if you need that homegrown um, position to go to to Ben Hamer. Um, it's interesting because I remember I wrote a piece on the Athletic about you know I can't remember when it was maybe a month or so ago, and you know for all intents and purposes it was going to be. Maduka uh, Akoi in, in goal because it looked as if Daniel Backman was heading out. So you can see the process, you can see the thought process. Um, and then in the intervening period, obviously, Rob Elliott makes a decision following relegation to mutually agree to part ways. 
And then that opened up another spot. So it's all a little bit of a higgledy piggledy sort of mishmash in that in that goalkeeper situation because you expected one to go in Daniel Batman and then Maduka Akoy could be promoted. You'd either have Rob Elliott or get a replacement. Um, but now they're all sort of they're all there. And, and and from what I've heard about Ben Hamer is that he's also sort of in the mix as well. You know, I think he's a, he's a he's a good goalkeeper. He's got vast experience. Um, he's good in terms of distribution as well. So that'll be interesting to see how that develops over the the coming weeks and months. You know, if there is more of a demand to to be, you know, making sure that your your distribution is is bang on, moving the ball quickly, trying to increase the tempo if we can, using using the goalkeeper almost as a, as a sweeper, um, then you know it might not just simply come down to oh he's you know he's made an error or he's he's not coming for crosses or you know he's not he's not saving enough you know one on one situations. It might actually be look we need for the for the overall picture of this side to have a goalkeeper that is. Um, you know, spot on in terms of his distribution and good with his feet. Not saying that Daniel Batman did anything wrong last night. I thought he had a he had a good performance, um, and obviously Maduka Akoy as well. He's he, you know he's a young goalkeeper. He's twenty two, so I think it's more likely that he's he's more willing to fall in line. Whereas Daniel Batman, um, you know, quite rightly he's he's waited for his opportunity fought against a you know, it's a bit of a strange scenario with Ben Foster being in the last year of his contract, all the YouTube stuff going on and all that malarkey, um, which no, nothing against YouTube, obviously. Um, but then, you know, him playing all the way until the end of the season. I think Daniel Batman just probably thought, you know what? Right. Man United. Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm glad they're interested, but I should be number one here. And then that's that's how it's panned out. And one little thing that I did notice, I'm sure you boys did as well. And people watching um, that there was a, a warm embrace from Maduka Akoi and Rob Edwards in the dugout area um, after the game. So it doesn't seem as if there's been any falling out. Obviously, Akoi has moved from Sparta Rotterdam, wants to be playing. So we'll see how it develops. But it seems as if everything is sort of hunky-dory and, and there's there's plenty of room to build into for, for Akoi at Watford. Yeah, definitely. Well, Watford have spent a good enough of money on Akoi, so they definitely see him being the future at, at Watford. Uh, my take on it as well, I, I feel because he's coming from... Um, Holland as well. He's not played in England before. Maybe they want him to maybe watch the games from the stands or from the bench just to try and understand how the English game works. Maybe because I, I do see him playing a big part this season still. Um, it's definitely not just down Dan Backman's shirt there. Um, there's good competition. I do think we've um, improved that goalkeeping area with the signing of Ben Hamer as well. I think that's an upgrade on uh, Rob Elliott. Um, and like you say, all three of them could probably be a number one goalkeeper in the championship. So it's good to see that we've got that department. Um, Mike, last night, Daniel Beckman's performance. Um, I know there's been a few question marks over him being the new number one goalkeeper, but he didn't put a foot, foot wrong last night. And if anything, I think he silenced his um, critics. Yeah, I mean, I think there was one possible pass which went astray. But look, for the first five minutes, you know, there was a lost count the amount of stray passes there were. You know, you have to remember this is the first competitive game they've played since the back end of last season. So it's bound to happen. But uh, I, I think he was absolutely superb. You, look, he got into the squad um, in the Championship last time because of injury, if memory serves me correct, to Ben Foster. Yeah. So he then cemented that place and then made it his own and was superb. He last night showed that he's he's still capable at this level. And like you said, he silenced a few doubters without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I, I think that's saved from Jebison. Although you might expect to keep to save it where it was, 
I still think that was a fantastic save because you've got to be alert when when you're not doing anything as a goalkeeper. You, it's so easy to just switch off, so anything can catch you out. Whereas he was, you know, on his toes, able to tip it over. Uh, I thought and Doye for Sheffield United kept him on his toes a bit as well. But other than that, they didn't really trouble him, and you know, I, I think he was comfortable. Um, you can see how Rob's trying to play out the back and he's comfortable enough with his distribution. So I've not got a problem with it. You know, another clean sheet. I think, Ben, you tweeted off the podcast account earlier. Is that what, seven clean sheets in the last 10 championship games? So, you know, yeah. I think he said he got 13 clean sheets himself um, last time we were in the championship. So he's proven himself in the champ before. So why not give it him again and... Yes, I, I get the frustrations. We spent six million or however much it was on Okoye, but we we it's tried and tested with Dan Batman. And you mentioned there the goalkeepers we've got in in our sort of squad. We we talk about how good the front three is. I'd go as far as saying we've probably got the best three goalkeepers in the division as well. You know, if if either of them were called up upon, I wouldn't have a problem. We like mm, I'm not sure about him playing in goal. I think all three are capable of. Um, putting in good enough performances at this level. Well, you just mentioned the front three there, uh, Mike, so we'll just jump straight into it now. Um, I saw your piece you popped out er earlier, Adam, and um, Paul Heckenbottom said that the front three are probably the best in the league, or most certainly the, the most dangerous. And that, that was the case last night. They caused that back line of Sheffield United so many problems. The, the interchange, the pace, the, the change of direction, the trickery, but it was just, it was phenomenal to watch, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was it was strange watching them play together and feel a sort of happiness associated with with seeing those three on the field because <laughs> you sort of think, hang on a minute, they're the same players that we had last season, but didn't seem to feel like this last season. It was all it was all a little bit um unhappy. I think both Saar and and Dennis and João Pedro at times as well were sort of cutting some quite um uh, not necessarily discontented, but but unhappy figures, I think, at, at various times mm. of last season. And last night, it was just great to see them all just going for it. And there, look, there were a couple of moments with Joao Pedro where you thought a couple of the themes that we saw, to, you know, last season, holding onto the ball a little bit too long, they're still there. Mm. And there's still obviously so much time for him to improve. But when you just see him move with the ball, the confidence he has, you think it's going to be an absolute joy to watch him for this entire season. And, and he's so much more of a player than than when he was playing in the championship two years ago. Um, yeah. Obviously, the main subplot to having Dennis and, and Sarah in the side is that we're sort of on borrowed time a little bit with them. Um, it's looking more likely that it will be Saar out of the two that is more realistically going to stay. Um, I put a piece out on The Athletic a couple of weeks ago, or was it might have been last week, um, that, you know, the Dennis situation is very much like all parties are expecting him to leave and it should happen. But then within that, someone still has to come to the table with enough money. Gino Pozzo, who is a, you know, a tough negotiator, still has to accept that offer. And you've still then got in the back of your mind every game that they watch and they think, we're going to tear up this division if these three stay together. There'll be more and more sort of seeds of thought of just going, what if we just said no? What if we just keep them? And then you then have the situation which might sort of reverse back to last season where you then might have players that aren't quite as happy 
as they seem to be now, because at the moment it's a shop window situation. If you then not keep them against their will, no one's going to do that, but but sort of <laughs> prevent them from moving or, or don't facilitate that move as much as they would like, then you start to get into these situations of, of players thinking, well, I, I was thinking I was going to leave this this summer. So it's it's a fascinating situation. But the, the, the main thing is, I suppose, you know, we've got six more games and then potentially more with them, but six more games before the transfer window closes. And if they can, you know, tear it up for those games, it's a great foundation stone for the season, isn't it? Definitely. And I think maybe uh, maybe some clubs are not wanting to pay the asking price for the players that were uh, for Dennis and Sype at the moment. But if, if they're carrying on performing like they did last night, I imagine maybe Mr. Potsos might want to be putting a couple more couple of millions on top of that, um, especially after last night's performance. Yeah, I, look, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you think, right, this is, it's an opportunity to to sort of solidify your value um, and make sure that it comes up to the level that you would be happy selling them. But at the same time, those good performances, you're right, absolutely, Ben. That you know, it it may, it may well get to a situation where they go, well, no, look, you you saw how he performed against X, Y, or Z. You know that he's worth forty million, and all these teams that might have gone in at the original value and might have bitten at a value that Watford might have been happy with are then ruled out once again. So it, it will be fascinating to see what happens. Um, I think that, to be honest, I don't really, I don't, I, I, I sort of feel like it feels more natural and will feel more authentic if they do both leave. Because we've seen yeah. that they, they, Look, Saar wasn't great last season, but it was disrupted by by injury. But we've seen that he 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 does belong at a higher level. Emmanuel Dennis has, has shown that he can do a job in that division. What ten goals, six assists, or whatever it was. Um, so it feels like they they deserve to 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 go up again and and have an opportunity either in the Premier League or, or abroad. So to keep them when the premise is they're here. And Rob Edwards is talking about the fact that, you know, for as long as they are here, then we will use them. It feels like everyone is on the same page. So if it if it doesn't turn out that they leave, I I, I sort of, although it would be good news effectively <laughs> that they are, <laughs> I would still wonder whether it, it would all hang together quite quite as we as we wish. So we'll just have to watch it with interest, won't we? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, can, I can see one of them going down to the deadline day and that would be in Emmanuel Dennis. But like you say, we've still got another five, six games in this month. So, it, And they're in the shop window, so they want to be playing well. But Mike, fans might have questioned their attitudes last season, maybe thought they might have thrown their toys over at Pram because they haven't got a move yet. You could not fault their performance or attitude last night, could you? No, I thought Dennis was superb, especially as he's the one that gets, you know, hit with this tag of his attitude's all wrong because of what happened with previous clubs. I thought he was superb. He could have turned up last night, thought, I'm the best player on this pitch. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, he, he probably did do that, but he went about it in the right way. Uh, <laughs> the teamwork was brilliant. And what I, I noticed about Dennis as well, I, I, it might show how much disinterest I showed last season, but I don't remember him doing this much last season. He's, he was dropping really deep at times, winning the ball back, getting us back up the pitch. We know that Pedro does that. We highlighted it last um, a couple of seasons ago on the podcast, Ben, where we were saying how much of a breath of fresh air Pedro is because he drops deep, tries to win the ball, pushes up. But to see Dennis do that as well, it, it was just, 
you know, complete opposite to what many probably thought he would have acted like. You know, I'm sure there were people out there that thought maybe we don't want him to play because his head's not going to be in the right place. But if we can get that Emmanuel Dennis um, for, for the rest of August, providing he does leave in August, we're going to be in a very, very good position. Um, he's going to be in a very good position as well. And we're going to get a decent amount of money for him. But my only worry would be, I know that the club have said that, um, you know, they're active in the transfer market and they're always sort of looking. My worry would be if it does go down to the wire, are we going to have enough time to bring someone in? Mm. Um, I, I, I mentioned a name, Cameron Archer. I think Villa said it was quite interesting. I saw a piece on the Birmingham Mail that said Villa said they were happy to loan him out. But now I've seen another piece that says that Gerard wants him in his plans. So that one is a little bit difficult. Um, Johnson Clark Harris was a name that briefly come up. Uh, he's started well for Peter Brass, scored twice against uh, Cambridge, I think it was, off the top of my head, or Cheltenham. Um, and uh, again, will they be willing to let him leave so close to the end of the window without its a domino effect? So, um, yeah, Dennis, to, to answer your question, Dennis was superb. Saar was superb. And we know what Pedro can do. Pedro, if he plays like that this season as well, he will have no trouble whatsoever getting 10 goals this season. Because he struggled last time in the champ to hit the 10 mark. Only 10? 20? Come on, he needs 20. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Mike was very upset last time he was in the championship because Pedro was on nine goals for quite a long time. And he was like, he's going to get it this week, going to get it this week. And unfortunately, he just failed to deliver. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> you, you want to hit the double figures and then it's for 15, 20, 25. Mitrovic's level, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, who knows? It's one in one so far for Pedro in the championship. But, yeah, he, is, he looks like he is definitely staying at Watford. Watford want him in the team. Adam, he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? He's really living up to the hype that we all believe that he would deliver at Watford, aren't we? We're seeing the rewards of that now. Yeah, and I thought what was interesting yesterday, and I, I spoke to Rob Edwards after the game, um, was the the role that he had seemed to be probably the most clearly defined role that suits him that we've seen him play. You know, he's sometimes, you know, over the course of since he arrived at, what, beginning of 2020, when he was thrown in against Tranmere, like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and, you know, having to play straight away and then spent some time with the under-23s and all that malarkey. Um you know, the, the fact that he's, you know, he's played on the left, played on the right, played down the middle. He was playing as a number 10. He'd been, you know, prepared in that role, been clearly um, sort of mapped out for him that he would drop deep. And there was, it was, it was absolutely a joy to talk to Rob Edwards afterwards because, mm. you know, what, what you saw on the pitch was um, Sheffield United having, you know, two, um, number eights, and they were matching up against Cleverly and Kayembe. And then um, Norwood was spare, as playing as a six. We didn't have a six. So that effectively, they were going to outnumber us in midfield. So Gerard Pedro's role was very clear, drop in, cover Norwood. That's what he did. It didn't always work. So there were moments where they did have that out ball from, from their back three. And you thought, yeah. oh, I wish Watford had that. But at the same time, we were far more dangerous going forward. And that was our constant threat. So I just thought that, yes, out of possession, he did his job, which he was told to do. And then in possession, he was he was everywhere. And he had that freedom to roam, to pop into you know spaces where, where the Sheffield United defenders didn't really know where to go. 
and to do that against the back three as well and pulling, you know, you've, you've got cover effectively with a back three to, to be able to create those spaces and be so creative with the, with the lines that he, he will find his passes in. And then as well, being that supporting striker and going straight down the middle when it, it was perfect, the, the goal. And it was described as uh, Mike Walters from the, from the Daily Mirror is a big, big Watford fan. You know, he, I think it was because it was being chanted that it was sexy football, wasn't it? And, and yeah. you know, Rob Edwards acknowledged, yeah, that was, that moment was sexy because it had everything. You know, all of them were involved. Dennis to Saar, there was, it was a bit of fortune in there, but just the speed of the break and for Joao Pedro just to be absolutely pegging it and the weight of the pass and the finish, it was, it was great. And it, it does make you think the hairs on the back of my neck are going up. It feels, it feels great. You know, it was, it was a great moment to see. It makes you think, oh, we will miss them. But at the same time, I think that goal, yes, they're hugely talented and, and full of pace and full of creativity. But it was more down to the fact that Watford last night was set up correctly. Everyone knew what they were supposed to be doing. Yes, there was a few loose bits and bobs here and there, like Mike alluded to earlier on. But they seem to be well drilled. They know their roles. And that's something that we've been crying out for. Not getting mixed messages over the course of one season with three different head coaches or managers. Just one message from the start of pre-season. Get everyone together. Get them on a kayak. Get them sort of, you know, having barbecues and, and bonding. And then go out and play, support each other, be united. That's that's what other football teams do, and we've not done that for such a long time. So to see the the, the you know, embryonic stage of that first game, and for it to already look like they're fighting for each other, was was brilliant. So yeah, it it was exciting last night, and obviously led led on with that with that front three was Raul Pedro getting on his first of twenty five goals this season. <laughs> yeah, and, and hopefully many more comes after that 25 as well. Um, but it just seems like with Rob Edwards, he just seems the right fit for Watford. And like you say, it, it's a coach we've been crying out for years. He's got the right connection with the fans straight away. The fans have embraced him. But what I'm seeing from him already is he he's the perfect manager or head coach for Joe Pedro. He's actually going to coach him where I feel like the, the yeah. previous managers haven't actually wanted to coach Jao Pedro to make him a better player, whereas Rob Edwards, he'll want to make Jao Pedro better. He'll want to make Kamara better. He wants to improve at Watford team because he sees this as a long-term project. And it, it just seems refreshing to have at Watford now, doesn't it, Ad? Yeah, look, he's, he's, his sort of, his foundation is a, is a development coach. You know, he's worked with the under-23s. He worked um, with the England development teams as well. So that's what he likes doing. That's what coaches are supposed to do. And when you're given an opportunity to to do that from the start of preseason and given a brief and also told, look, we're going to be shipping out a whole load of players. And I think I've, I've lost track how many it is now. I think it's, I think I was tallying it up. I think it's four, I think it's 14 so far. And there's probably going to be about three, four, maybe five more. I don't know. Um, you know, to, to, to be open to the idea of, of having younger players in there and, and giving them backing and, and, and bringing them on is 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 exactly what Watford need. And a word for, for Richie Kyle as well, who's his assistant manager, who who had a great reputation at Forest Green Rovers. And I remember when you know I was looking into the story that he was going to be he was going to be coming, Rob Edwards. I was speaking to someone and saying, you know, the guy that he works alongside, I wonder if if they're going to give him the job because he's really good. And some people are saying that he's the brains of the operation. I don't think it's necessarily that that at all, because I think Rob Edwards is, is bang on it and they've worked together a long time. But to bring them together as a package, I think is a real 
um, is a real coup for for Watford, and they seem to be good characters. Um, and, and interestingly, when when I was at the game, um, the Hitchin game, when the under twenty ones played, and, and Tom Cleverley was in there, and Ashley Fletcher, I had a quick word with Tom Cleverley afterwards, just as he was leaving, and he said, "Look, they are they're really really good lads, and you know whoever appointed them deserves a lot of credit because it's a breath of fresh air." And I heard from someone else that. You know, before it was a little bit of a madhouse in terms of training and it was it was getting boring and it was, you know, it was it was just not the way it should have been with Ranieri yeah. and Hodgson and just that cascade of nonsense that we had last season. Now it's organised. It's it's a happy place to be. And look, we're only one game into the season. Watford do deliver carnage. Let's not forget that. It might all go tits up. We know that. But as it stands, all the signs are good. And yes, if... If he can bring on Joao Pedro, brilliant. But also, if Saar and Dennis go, then hopefully the players that maybe might have been marginalised previously and never getting an opportunity, hopefully they're sort of just being prepped, just being sort of readied, right? You know, it, it might be that, for sake of argument, I don't know if this is going to happen, but for sake of argument, it's going to be, um, you know, a, an alteration in terms of, of shape where they play a front two so they can add an extra body in midfield. You know he's he's still in the in the era of vacuum bio saying look you, you will get your chance if we go to a, a front two and if Dennis and Saar leave so come on keep going keep going we're, we're going to work with you you know Ray Manai or, or whoever it is or if they're going to bring on um, maybe some even if Samuel Kalu who knows you know it might be might be him that's involved or he may well leave who knows what's going to happen with him but you know there's 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 lots to lots to to see and to sort of enjoy at the moment from what Rob Edwards is doing and, and developing younger players. Hopefully, hopefully he brings he brings them on and gives them a chance. But I can understand in the same regard, he needs experienced players in there that, that is going to keep him in a job and at the top, the right end of the division. So I can understand it's if it is longer term, he can be developing these players in the background, readying them. But I wouldn't expect him to use them all the time because I, you, you can't expect that. You can't expect everything from him, I suppose. Yeah, but well, I know we've only got you for about another five minutes or so, Adam. So we'll just ask you a few transfer talks now, um, yeah. some rumours. Um, Ethan Laird, uh, Manchester United, right wing back, um, he's been rumoured um, to be joining. Is, is, does that look to be getting closer? Well, it was a story that um, my my colleague Laurie Whitwell broke over the weekend for The Athletic. Um, and... He's certainly some, and this is from from my the information that I have. I know that he's he's been on the club's radar. Um, there have been talks. I don't think it is imminent, um, and that's also complicated by the fact that he played uh, this weekend against is it Rio Vallecano for yeah. for um, for United, and I think I was speaking to someone and they were basically saying they just need to get rid of Aaron Wambasaka and keep Ethan Laird because he is absolutely brilliant. So <clears throat> I wonder if Eric Ten Hag is going to have a change of thought. Um, the, the latest sort of information I've, I've garnered from, from key people at the club is that I think they are ready in terms of Premier League loans um, to have to wait. And that is just the, that's just the, the long and short of it, that the Premier League clubs, you know, until they get their season started and they get into the swing of things, Next couple of weeks, it will obviously gather pace into that last week. And then when they decide, well, look, you know, you're not going to get an opportunity. He's he's started on fire or we've given him an opportunity or we haven't got any injuries. Then 
that can start to, to catch fire. And it doesn't only apply to, to Ethan Laird. It applies to other positions as well, which I guess we can talk about. I mean, the likes of the left centre-back position. Um, Matt Clark is, is, is one player who is, um, you know, there have, been, there have been sort of talks and negotiations um, over a potential transfer for him. Uh, that's the story that I, I brought on the, on the Athletic. Um, there's been a sort of a, a retained interest in Courtney Hawes at, at, at Aston Villa. Um, he's he's in a sort of a similar situation to, to Matt Clark at the moment, but he has also got an injury that he's recovering from. So he's not going to be available until mid-August. Mid, mid, mid so I'm not sure if if that will complicate things and maybe make him less of a... Of a um, a, a viable target. I'm not sure on that at, at this stage. Um, and then going back to Cameron Archer that you mentioned, Mike, I, I, I agree. There has been sort of differing messages out there because he has been playing during preseason. Um, but, and that was something I brought on the athletic right at the beginning of the transfer window. You forget what's, how long this, this summer has been, even though it feels <laughs> like it's been really short. That yeah. um, it was... It was then, you know, we knew it, it was going to go all the way to the end of the transfer window. Um, and I think that if they do bring in the striker that they want to bring in, then he will be allowed out. But it is dependent on that. Um, and it, it, it's the same with Saar and Dennis and, you know, what are Newcastle doing? What are West Ham doing? What are Nottingham Forest doing? There's this sort of domino effect and it, it will just sort of start to gather pace as the, as the, as the window comes to a close. So, um yeah, it's, it, it will be it will be really interesting to see what happens in in various positions. I think there's only one other position that um, that they're sort of looking at, and they have had a, a bit of an interest in in various players. is a is a central midfielder, homegrown central midfielder. Um, but again, and this is this is Watford's way as well. That sometimes when things are going well, they'll think, well, I think we might be all right. Do we actually yeah. need to strengthen? It's happened defensively over a number of years, hasn't it? It's like, well, I think we could probably get away with this. So <laughs> it, it's going to be sort of, it's going to be really interesting to see how how the form dictates the need over the next month. Um, but then Sod's law is, you know, the, the window closes, a couple of people get crocked and you think, well, why the bloody hell didn't you strengthen? Why didn't you get the position that you, you sense that you might need? So hopefully Rob Edwards is backed in the way that, fans would like and, and that there is that strength in depth um but then also there is a chance that someone might come in for some of Watford's players aside from you know Saar and Dennis and, and things like that so yeah it's it, once the window closes it's so much more relaxed isn't it <laughs> so it's, you can just feel a little bit more secure in your in yourself and in your team so although I do love it and the, the transfer talk and all that sort of stuff and, and sourcing the different material it is a lot more settled once it's closed and and I suppose the other great thing is that there's there's only one international break to to sort of disrupt that opening period of the season um so you've got a real run at it you can get some real momentum going so yeah I'm 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 looking forward to the next game I'm looking forward to to going again uh you won't have to wait too long uh, away <laughs> to West Bromwich Albion next yeah. Monday another another uh, tough match for Watford but yeah Adam, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate your time and for coming on tonight. And we'd love to get you back on at another point this season as well. Yeah, no problem, guys. It's 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 good to sort of um, speak to different people on different platforms and stuff. And you know, you're doing good work. So, I'm um, yeah, I'm I'm always around. If you if you want to grab me, then yeah, just let me know.
no problem. Right, nice one. Thank you very much, Adam. And yeah, if you haven't already subscribed to The Athletic, go head over to Adam Leventhal's Twitter page where you, you, you'll see the link. Click on it and subscribe because that is it's absolutely quality and it, it's not much either. Um, is there any deals going on at the moment, Adam? There's always deals. There's always yeah. deals. So yeah, if you're new, if you're a new subscriber, there'll be there'll be various deals. If you're returning and you, you know all that sort of stuff, so yeah, there's there's always deals on. So click whatever article um, you you want and and log on. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to have you on board. Nice and simple. All right, brilliant. Cheers, Adam. Thank you very much, mate. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Mike. That's yes. brilliant. Having Adam on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Very insightful. Um, really good guy. He gets a lot of stick on Twitter, which I don't like, because as, as people mm. are just seeing now, he's open. He said to us before, ask whatever you want. You know, sometimes journalists might have to, you know, want to protect themselves, keep themselves themselves a little bit and not say too much. He was just like, yeah, ask whatever you want. Real, real nice guy. And uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully we can get him back on again at some stage. But the work that he's done for the club, um, has been brilliant. You know, I, I remember I used to see him on Sky Sports News uh, and, and now he's the, the Watford correspondent for The Athletic. So, real, real nice no, no, now, he's, now he's a special guest on the voice of a Vic, Mike. Exactly. There we exactly. go. <laughs> no, absolutely brilliant to get Adam on. And yeah, like we say, we'll get him back on as well for the rest of this season. Um, and like me and Mike said last week and the previous week with Cabaselli, we knew Adam was lined up as well, but we was like, we can't say anything, touch wood, it's all going to go to plan. We've got big things lined up for Voices of Vix this year. So, yeah, watch your space. Um, yeah, back to the game though, Mike. Um, we can carry on for probably about another 15 or so minutes. Uh, yeah. I want to get your opinion on one of the Davidsons that actually um, played yesterday, Ray Manai. Uh, what did you think of him? Uh, I was actually quite surprised of his uh, physical presence. And it, I, I know they were saying about he's the number nine now. He's got big boots to fill. He's old Troy Deeney's old um, shirt number. I thought his build was identical to Troy Deeney. Yeah, yeah, I thought that as well. Um, it's hard to judge him fully off, what, five minutes or so that he got. But I think he's, he's definitely someone that can make a nuisance of himself. Um, you know, uh, uh, he, he got a good shot away as well. So he's not afraid to, to have a pop and whatnot. And like you said, he, he might be someone that we come, if we're up against a physical side like a Millwall, a Stoke, someone known for their physical presence, throw him in and, you know, he, he can rustle a few feathers, uh, rustle a few feathers, hopefully. And uh, as, as Paul said, he, he's a target man and uh, hopefully he's got a good footballing brain. I mean, I, uh, I coached a Albanian lad for the team that I managed last season. And when I heard of, Raymond and I and heard he was Albanian I asked him and he said you've got a cracking player on your hands so hopefully uh, that, that that's good to come Yeah I've seen that he, he's not that maybe the goal scorer but what we maybe need he's more of a guy that's going to link play and he's, he's the one who's yeah. where the ball's going to stick when it gets um, played up to him um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses it was maybe a shame not to see Bio last night or um, Esprio as well but there's plenty of time in the rest of the season to see them, isn't there, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I think Adam hit the nail on the head. Uh, Bio might have to wait a little bit longer, especially if the front three keep producing the way that they do. He might get his chance should Dennis or Dar, uh, sorry, Dennis or Sarah, <laughs> rather, 
<laughs> uh, should Dennis Lussar leave, um, he, he may get the nod. And again, I think he can be someone that can be a good target man. Someone to hold the play up. I, I, I think somebody, I tweeted last night about the um, about us in the first half. It was evident when we were having to go long and cut out midfield. It was just, I, I felt that we needed someone that, that would bring the ball down, would win the flick-ons, etc. And I, I think Bayou could definitely be one of those sort of players, mm. be, a, be a target man like uh, like Pidge suggested with Raymond Eye there. Um, Aspria, again, I said a couple of weeks ago on here, I think he's going to be someone that we're going to see come off the bench and hopefully make an impact. If that game was still nil-nil with um, 10 minutes to go, possibly, we we probably would have seen him come on, try and run at tired legs. A bit like we used to do with Forestieri. He was brilliant coming on Mm -hmm. in the last stages of games to unlock defences. And I think you have to be careful with a player like that. You have to slowly introduce him to the English game. And uh, I think we will eventually see him. And Monday, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, there'll be no doubt that the, the squad will be rotated and we'll, we'll see players like that more often. Yeah, games in the Championship do come uh, quick and fast, don't they? Um, so I know we've got a, a bit of a break towards um, until the West Bromwich Albion game on Monday night, but I'm sure the boys, I think they went into recovery today and now they'll be working on um, their plan for West Brom. Uh, just quickly, Mike, uh, before we wrap it up, West Brom Monday night, another tough, tough to opposition, isn't it? I know under Steve Bruce, they're, they're, like, they've got a decent squad, haven't they? I think if they've got a better manager, we'll see them challenge for the title this season. Um, but I think with Bruce, if he stays the whole season, it's like I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But if they get rid of him at a right point in the season, I see them really being up there. Yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there. Brilliant squad. Two brilliant additions in John Swift and Jed Wallace. Um, really sort of rounded that team off. But I think Bruce is going to hold them back. Famous last words, eh? Uh, but I, I do genuinely think that, you know, Bruce will hold them back from what they could well be doing. Uh, good result. First game of the season for them against Middlesbrough. Not many teams will go there and pick up maximum points this season or pick up points at all, I think. So, yeah, we, we have to be on our A game. We're away from home. Um, it's not going to be the same sort of performance that we would have seen uh, last night at the Vic. So we may have to be a little bit patient, hit them on the counter if we can. Uh, but yeah, another tough game. And then the next game after that, Burnley, tough again. So get them out of the way early doors is what I would say, Ben. And uh, and then bring on the, uh, I want to say easier ones, no disrespect to the other clubs, but the more winnable ones on paper, I should say. Well, I saw um, Rob Ed was being interviewed afterwards by um, Sky Sports and they were saying about how how uh, tough those first three fixtures are for Watford. But Rob Edwards then answered it the way you would expect Rob Edwards to um, answer it. He wasn't worried about it and his answer was, well, we have to play everyone twice. Uh, uh, I don't see the fuss about playing these three teams right now in a season. And if anything, I'd rather play them now, get out of the way with, because if you do have a hiccup, it don't matter. Um, I'd rather not play them three last three games of the season where it matters a bit more. Uh, do you agree, Mike? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, it, and, and as well, Ben, if you pick up points against these teams, it's only going to benefit you. The, mm. the the confidence that it will bring from those games. If we come out of these three fixtures, not having lost any, include the draws or whatever, the confidence that will be flowing through the squad will be unreal. Then you're going into games where you, you know, maybe expect a victory or 
you, you, we've got a better squad than them, like your Rotherhams, your Wiggins, etc. And again, I'm not, you know, every game is hard in the Championship, but when you look at our squad compared to theirs, you do sort of expect it a little bit. So, you know, if you can come out of there unscathed out of these three games, you, you're on a roll already. And especially mm-hmm. if we can keep hold of Saar, Dennis as well, uh, I think that's going to rely on a lot. Um, the longer we can keep hold of those pair, then the, the more chance we've got. Um, that might sound blaringly obvious, but yeah, I, I think we, we could be really, really dangerous. And if we start August, well, seven games in August, you, you, you could be laughing come the end of August in a really solid position in the table. Yeah, and aren't we on Sky like five times in August as well, which is even better for you that can't, you can't calm down to watch your games. Yeah, seven games in August. Four of them are on TV. So, um, yeah, even better for me. Uh, managing to get to one of the ones that aren't on TV, as we mentioned the other week, we're going to Birmingham. Um, you're going as well. So, if you're about and you want to meet for a point, you know where I am. That's what's Twitter name there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm just... If, if last night's anything to go by, Ben, we're, we're going to have some fun on this channel again. And hopefully, come the end of the season, we can get drunk again and then just celebrate promotion like we did last time out because that was thoroughly entertaining, I must say. Yeah, that was that was a night to remember. Um, promotion, um, beating Millwall. You was drinking all day watching that game, weren't you? And then yeah. um, I had to play catch up. I, I got smashed on there, didn't I? So, yeah, yeah. Um, you you yeah. played catch up very well, Ben. I'll give you a due. Well, I'm a lightweight, so it's much easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll probably wrap it up there anyway. Um, we, but yeah, like Mike says, if we get promoted to the game, me and Mike will do another drunken podcast at the end of the season for you all. Um, yeah, one not to miss. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching, everyone. Um, we'll be back. Um, I think maybe there's a preview for the West Brom game. Um, Mike, I think you've got you've already got a video from a West Brom uh, yes. podcast already, haven't you? Yeah, West Brom podcast. I can't remember the name, so sorry, guys, if you're watching. But um, <laughs> Dave, I think it's the Baggies podcast. Simple, but yeah. uh, it'll be a very short uh, podcast. That one. Yeah, Dave sent us a preview. So when we're talking about the game, we'll drop it into the this live. And uh, you'll be able to watch, uh, well, watch it and listen to it, depending on how you listen to these podcasts. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure when that will be. We'll obviously pop a tweet out to say when. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's great to be back there, and I'm really, really looking forward to this season, mate. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing just to be back in the championship. Like I was saying to you the other day, it felt like we proper missed out last time. It, yeah. I didn't feel any connection to that season at all because we couldn't attend, and yeah. it was just. Yeah, it was just watching at home. I, it, it was brilliant to watch at home. It, it managed to help us get through the pandemic, didn't it? And we started the podcast off the back of the pandemic as well. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fantastic to do. But yeah, it feels something now. Like walking up um, to Vicarage Road yesterday, seeing the away fans and being like, oh, we're actually playing Sheffield United in the championship. <laughs> I've missed the championship and I'm glad it's back. I'm glad yeah. Watford actually got relegated to do this again because the championship is a quality league. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight. If you if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Um, you, you'll see whenever we're going live. Um, give a video a like as well. And yeah, we'll be back later on with a preview for the West Brom game, and we'll also do a review of the game next week. Um, stay safe, everyone, and come on, you Orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.